It takes years to know what you're going to want to use to finish a project. Does it need an orbital polisher? Or will good old elbow grease do the trick? But now that you're an expert, you're going to want a provider that knows how to serve an expert. You're going to want Worth. And you're going to want to visit Worth.ca. That's W-U-R-T-H dot C-A. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the October 21st, 2022 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest today is going to talk about something we've never discussed before on the show. It's a process that could very well be the future of automotive production. He'll talk about its benefits, the potential for growth, and what being part of Project Aero will do for his all-Canadian company. So, what am I talking about? 3D printing. We'll hear all about it when I speak with the CEO of Toronto-based Zaba, Max Moruzzi, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Max, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you, actually, Greg, very much. It's a pleasure. It is. Let's start here. Tell me a bit about your company. How did it start and what is it that you guys do at Zaba? Absolutely. So uh, the mission of Saba, Greg, I will start with that one, is really the future of intelligent automation. So in essence, Saba is a cross-functional team of uh, domain experts in material and high-end automation. And we want to reshape, in essence, the manufacturing industry by bringing cognition, sustainability, and new disruptive process in order to really uh, definitely change uh, manufacturing how it's been done until now. Is everything that Zabit does, is it all automotive or are you spread out across other industries? No, we spread across other industries. Good point, Greg. Actually, currently in Saba, we have two other projects. So one is for uh, a flying car. So the next generation of uh, what you, you know, is defining the industry as flying car. And we're doing one of the most critical components, a rotor there. And then in uh, another project, instead, we are more involved in defining and reshaping potentially even uh, the future of construction industry using uh, 3D printing and sustainable material. So at the moment, I know you're involved in Project Aero with the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association, and we are going to get to that in this conversation. But at the moment, outside of that project, are you working with any tier one suppliers or any sort of legacy automakers or any fledgling automakers right now? Are you directly involved in any production with automakers? Not not at the moment, not at the okay. moment. We have a lot of uh, discussion about uh, pilot projects and case study, but currently we are not under a contract with any specific OEM just yet. We are looking, uh, you know, in, to secure that one pretty soon. All right, let's get to this then. How big is 3D printing in automotive right now? So it's not super big. Uh, it's a market around uh, $1 billion more or less. But the point is that it's projected to reach $8 billion by uh, 2027. So it's definitely an incredible opportunity for companies like Saba, and I'm assuming many other ones, to jump in a market that has tremendous potential growing in the next few years. And so what are the most common or the easiest uses right now in automotive for 3D printing? What is the focus? What are the parts or what are the components that 3D printing is used for right now in automotive? Fantastic question, Greg. So currently, 50 to 60% of the 3D printing market that defines the automotive 
uh, is focused in producing uh, rapid prototyping. So in that is not really functional part, but really object in order to size them, in order to have an idea of a look and feel, in order to study around that one, but they don't have any functional aspect. So it's what is really called this rapid prototyping. Uh, the remain 40% of the market is divided in tooling. So uh, just fixturing and tooling in support of a, a final object that, however, is not done with the 3D printing project and process. And in a very, very small percentage, at the moment, there are functional components that are really in the car that we're driving every day in the form of brackets, uh, in the form of inserts. Uh, uh, that's more or less currently the market uh, in uh, automotive for 3D printing. It's about to change, and we're going to discuss it during this podcast. So let me ask you about this then. When, it, when you're talking about the prototyping and, and things that aren't necessarily functional yet, what does that do for the design process and the manufacturing process? I just wonder how it affects it, how it makes it more efficient, I would assume. I just wonder what 3D printing does to an automaker's process in developing a vehicle. Absolutely. And, and you touch uh, in the two major challenges, which are really the design and the manufacturing. So there is this uh, technological barrier that prevents the 3D printing really to exploit and to really you know, propose all the benefits that, in essence, entail. And one is the design. So most of the design software available today in the market, they are not really tuned yet in terms of feature, in terms of uh, uh, functionality to really you know, serve the automotive industry for what the automotive would like to do. Uh, with the 3D printing, and that's a big barrier, okay? We're still printing, uh, even now in 2022, on a layer-by-layer basis, and that cannot support the complexity in the geometry and the performance in the in the material and in the part that the automotive needs to reach. And so over there, something has to change dramatically, and we're doing in, uh, something in that direction in Saba too. The second one is the manufacturing. So the manufacturing aspect still let's say, difficult to adopt as well, like the design, because right now, most of the machines are not coming with cognition. So that means that the industry, so via the automotive, they have to develop their own know-how in form of trial and error in order to guide whatever part, whatever project, whatever case study they would like to do. And, 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 And it's not feasible. It's not sustainable. Okay, and so that's the other big point currently that is preventing this market really to go to the next phase that is really building functional power. So the lack of design feature in most of the design platform available today. And the second one, the lack of cognition, which means no out on the machine that really propose to the customer that's the recipe that you should use in order to guarantee that the printing is not going to fail. Let's, let's be clear here. Most of the printing process, uh, let's say 80% of them, they, they fail during the, the, the act of actually manufacturing, during the act of printing them. And that is because, you know, they don't have this cognition, they don't have this intelligence embedded into the machine that really drives the process, but they pretend that an operator looking from outside should actually take care, you know, on resolving all the problems that are happening during the laydown of the material or the sintering of the powder which is impossible, is completely not not feasible. That kind of leads into my next question. What's it like trying to convince sort of the old guard, if you will, or traditional automakers or legacy automakers that the 3D printing process is the way to go, it is the future, 
Um, what's that process like trying to convince OEMs to give 3D printing a shot, even for some of the smaller parts or for some of the simpler things? What's it like trying to convince them to use it? Absolutely. So the, the number one thing is to basically show to them that the, all the technological barrier in the design, in the manufacturing, they're not there anymore. And that's exactly what we have done in the collaboration in regard to Project Arrow. So we are 3D printing an entire car body. And what we have shown to the automaker is that they don't have to have the know-how in teaching the machine what kind of process parameter the machine should use in terms of flow rate, the temperature, or the heights of the bead. Neither they should worry about, oh, I have to reach that particular mechanical performance. So what kind of strategy or path, the planning, I should, you know, design for... Uh, um, you know, my part in order to reach the performances that I want. And so we show to them that we have automated that process, uh, you know, at Scava in order to allow them to focus to what is their main job. Their main job is to create the next car generation, to have the next performance that like, they would like to do, to liberate the designer in order to make personalization of cars at mass. Okay. And so that's really the key. Okay. Show to them that there is no barrier in the design that we have put cognition there so they don't have to create their own trial and error in, inside of the factory. And even in the manufacturing, there is a certain thing that the machine is so unbiased because it's not guided by the feeling of an operator on that particular day. Nothing wrong with the operator, but the automotive is looking for consistency, is looking for repeatability, is looking for success for any part that they want to print. That's exactly what we have done in the, with the Project Arrow mission and the Xava part is printing the entire car body frame. We'll be right back after this short break. It takes years to know what you're going to want to use for certain projects. People used to tell you, you're going to want a foam gun, wash concentrate, and eco-aluminum wheel cleaner. Or you're going to want a half-inch impact gun, air hose, and an impact socket. But now that you're an expert, you're going to want to go with a company that knows the best way to serve experts is with expertise. You're going to want Worth. And you're going to want to visit worth.ca. That's W-U-R-T-H dot C-A. Welcome back to the podcast where I'm speaking with Zaba CEO, Max Maruzzi. So tell me what it is exactly Zaba has produced for Project Arrow, that all-electric, uh, all-Canadian autonomous vehicle that we're excited to see in its entirety at the end of this year. Basically, in a few words, we have uh, 3D printed the, the first ever car body in the industry. And this is not that we printed the mold that later on have been used in order to create the frame like traditionally designed in the automotive. No, we printed the functional body directly. So the, the final part, that's exactly what we have done. In that process, obviously, we have to uh, propose our design for manufacturing platform, which in essence allow the material to be located uh, in the direction that is most needed from uh, a load condition point of view. So in essence, we align the direction of the bead with the direction of the stress. So this one is a multi-axis printing. And number two, we have uh, uh, used our machine, which is a gigantic 3D printer that is guided by um, an artificial intelligence control that contain all the know-how that I was talking to you, Greg, just a few seconds ago, uh, in order to uh, compute uh, the process parameter for the actual OEM and for the printing that we use, rather than going on a trial and error. 
And so by doing that, we were able to print the first ever made uh, car chassis in, in polymer, in carbon reinforced polymer. So the entire functional chassis, I want to highlight that one. We did not print a picture. We print the entire car body, which is the most demanding part of every car. And the other thing that we did, we were able to drop the bill of material of the car chassis from almost 700 to 1,000 parts, which is a typical traditional car body chassis made of 700 components, more or less, between 700 to 1,000, to actually only three parts, which is dramatically changing all the sustainability that I told you before, because there is no anymore extra cost in logistics, extra cost in tooling, extra cost in warehouses to store in the parts, but everything is done with one machine, three components, uh, and so even the management of a project of a car body like that uh, is basically a dream come true for every OEM. So that's what Saba did. We did all the design for manufacturing and all the printing of the car body that defined the project arrow. So let me ask you this. Why pursue a chance to be part of Project Arrow? What does this do for Zaba? Because he gave us a tremendous opportunity. So in Xaba, we had a tremendous domain expertise in this AI controlling 3D printing, design for manufacturing in 3D printing, uh, knowledge about the material and how to digitalize the material. And so, but we needed a strong case study in order to present the value you know, of all these ecosystem to the OEM. And so the Project Error approached Xaba uh, in, with this mission to actually show to the rest of the world that Canada had the domain expertise and the capacity to do an entire car using just Canadian expertise. You know, and, and they had a fantastic mission, was a car, was an object that everybody can relate to, can engage to. And so for us, it was the perfect mission to suggest to them Rather than do another metallic car with a battery, that there is no innovation with them, why we're not doing 3D printing and polymer, which is going to disrupt completely the way of manufacturing that car, the way of introducing sustainability, the way of dropping energy. And, and, and that's, that's the reason why we jump on that one, because it gave us an opportunity to have a, a tremendous case study to educate the automotive why 3D printing and fiber-reinforced polymer are the future if used with an AI condition, with a design for manufacturing, with a machine that, in essence, drops the technology barrier that right now are preventing the OEM to adopt it. Now, this chassis has tremendous performance, Greg, in terms is not, uh, it's not it's corrosion, it's corrosion resistant, uh, it's super lightweight, it's made of three components, uh, it's, uh, it's using uh, 35 kilowatts of energy per hour to be printed, which is... Uh, an order of magnitude of, uh, of the energy that is currently used for assembling and producing any car frame in the automotive industry so far. But really, you know, again, Project Arrow gave us the perfect case study in order to engage uh, the rest of the world around that. How do you feel when you stand back and look at what you've accomplished on Project Arrow to this point? It's not done yet, but how do you feel when you stand back and look? Because we're going to get us, we got a sneak peek of it this week. Um, in Absolutely. Windsor, how Absolutely. do you feel when you look at that? You know, obviously, I'm going to be biased here <laughs> for the passion and for the dedication that uh, you know I put for the last 12 months. So I'm really proud because, uh, again, from results that uh, we got uh, in order to do a metrology test, a mechanical performance test, we are beyond what was our target. So I'm extremely proud. And even from an assembly point of view, 
what I'm hearing from the rest of the project error team. And then the, the, this frame is so precise, is so accurate. It's not just mechanical performance sound, but as well the geometrical accuracy in the frame is so high that they are mounting the door, the battery, the shock absorber, like a Lego set. There is no problem. Anybody can do it, which is simplifying the project tremendously. So I'm super proud. And let me tell you another part that makes me really proud about that. When I look at that chassis, I can almost, I have a difficulty, and I work with carbon fiber with aerospace for several years in my career. I can almost not recognize if that one is being 3D printed with uh, you know, carbon fiber reinforced polymer, or if it's really a Formula One chassis that is made with uh, continuous fiber. I mean, you can almost not distinguish the two from a look and feel and even from a performance point of view, which makes me extremely proud because in essence, we're introducing the technology that is not just for ivory tower, you know, exotic car, but this one can really be for mass production, production car. And that's what makes me really proud because we can have an impact that can benefit everybody. What's next for Zaba after this project arrow is complete? Where do you go from here? So basically one is to uh, engage with OEM and to really go to mass production with this uh, uh, technology. That's number one mission. And the second one is really to spread this process, this material, this sustainability, this cognitive machine to the rest of the manufacturing industry, starting from aerospace and construction immediately next. Max, fascinating stuff. Future of automotive, really, by the sounds of it. I appreciate your time this week. I appreciate the opportunity, uh, Greg. And as we said at the beginning, it's really important to educate the market about uh, what we have done and what is coming, because this is an effort that we have to do all together. You know, I don't want that this project will remain an ivory tower. I want really the automotive to adopt it. And what we're going to show in a few hours, in essence, is the fact that this process is ready for mass production. So we can really impact it and, and everybody can benefit, like I said, because, you know, probably, Greg, you want your car. You don't want the car of your neighbor. You want one. And this process allows for personalization as well at cost. And so why not? So we are entering in a completely new generation of manufacturing. So. Absolutely. I want to thank Max for being my guest. We reached him in his car on his way to Windsor for the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association Conference. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glayson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.